listening to season two of Pod. We are sisters, one West Coast, one East Coast, one straight mom of toddler twins, one gay, uh, multiply divorced, <laughs> one lifelong gag of the Chrissy fan, one new reader. Season one got the two of us through the first shitty year of COVID. Follow along with us for season two as we drink and sometimes remember to talk about the book. Welcome to Poropod. Poropod. And we are here today to discuss Murder is Easy. Should I do Which the spoiler is so subtitle? Good. What? Should I do the spoiler subtitle? <laughs> yeah, do it, do it. So what if uh, Miss Marple was the killer? <laughs> you made me laugh when you wrote me that. <laughs> so yeah, so like, this book is so good. We've been kind of trashing the last couple. And so I was really happy to be able to do this one because it is, it's, it's, it's a stinking masterpiece. Like it's so, it's so smart. Good. And she takes you on this emotional journey. Oh and, yeah. And like she, the way it, just genius. Okay. So we'll, we'll go through it now. So it okay. starts off with our main character, Luke Fitzwilliam, who is coming um, back to England from being in the Bering Straits. He's just retired from being a police officer overseas right and he but he's not old no i mean yeah i think often you can retire from the military early it's one way they get you to yeah so um things so yeah so so he's he's a fairly youngish man but he's just retired from overseas service and as a as a as a policeman right and so he um Oh my god! And it—it's op- a freaking comedy. It opens with the funniest scene because he like he's he's looking at the paper because he bet on a horse for the Derby, and then like he does something. He steps off the train, and then the train leaves him, and then he runs into. Oh, he's like asks the, the guy who works at the train station, and he's all like, uh, "Oh, where's the train that just left?" And the, and the guy says, "There's no train that just left. No trains have been by here." trains have stopped here and he's like yes there was because i just got off of it and he's like no no trains have stopped here and he's like yeah i just got off of a train and then the guy said oh well that was a pause it wasn't a stop you shouldn't have gotten off and then he's <laughs> right. like okay well what should i now do now what? and he's like and then the train guy is like well you shouldn't have gotten off <laughs> right okay so like- what should i do now it's like is there a train that actually stops not just a pause that i didn't know because he was on his way to London through the countryside. He must have taken a boat to yeah. the coast and there's a train. So he's in the middle of nowhere, England. But it was just the funniest scene because he's just like, you know, trying, just being gaslighted by his. <laughs> he's, he's like, no, like, I swear. There was no train of- that stopped. And he's like, yeah, I just got off one. He's like, well, it didn't stop. It paused. Like, I don't know the difference of that. <laughs> and so right, it right. was just so funny. And what should I do now? Well, you shouldn't have gotten off. You know what I mean? And very, it was, it was hilarious. I was like, okay, I, when I, even from the beginning, I was like, I'm going to love this book. So then he finally figures out through the guy, who's very difficult, which train he can get back on. Right. And, and the then, dialogue is so funny. 
And so he's in this small town to go to London. And of course, there's hardly anybody to go to London, which is why most trains don't stop in this small town. Right. And then, so he finally gets a train to get on and there's like one other passenger that gets on the small train. And she's an old lady that's kind of, he keeps on talking about an, an older aunt. Right. So yeah, so he ends up in, in, a, in a compartment with this woman who he looks in there. Well, he kind of avoided some other compartments. Like there was already a colonel who wanted to drone on that he didn't want to talk to and other people he didn't want to be around. So he sees this old lady and she's, he's like, you know, she's going to talk my hair off, but she reminds me of my aunt. And so I'll sit with her. So he goes right. in there. Of course, she's like, oh, could you help me with this? And here's that. And she starts chatting him up. And he's like fake annoyed, but actually finding her adorable. and on Right, because she sounded adorable. And then she starts saying why she's going to London. And it takes a little bit to understand what she's talking about. She's Miss Marbling a little bit. Right, where she's in the way that Miss Marple is always like, "Oh, but I'm so silly, and I don't know," and blah blah blah. Like she doesn't say it so straight out. Right, right. But then basically, you finally get that she's going to London to go to Scotland Yard because somebody has been killing people in her small town. Right. And um, the guy's like, "Oh, sure, what? Like not." Right, yeah. he's like, I'm sure they'll know just how to handle that. And he's like, they probably, he was, again, it's, it's his internal dialogue is hilarious. And he was saying they probably have a department for right. little old his, ladies his who think that there's killers in his right. town. His internal dialogue was very patronizing. His actual dialogue, not quite as patronizing. Right. Um, um, but yeah, so, but, but so what she says is that in her town that there's been all these killings but then a lot of them were you know it was a couple people that kind of like weren't the greatest anyway but the next one that's coming is dr humblebee and he's a great man and it's 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 so sad that the killer is going to get them next and and she says she refers to another serial killer who um she said, I never believed that there was a look in there and there'd be a look in a person's eye before they kill someone he's but she's like I saw that look and she knows that Dr. Humblebee will be next when she said there's a look in a person's eye when they're going to kill someone. Right. And so he's like, oh, sweet aunt so-and-so. Well, you you just go up there and you tell Scotland Yard all about it. And her name, by the way, is Lavinia Pinkerton. 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 I thought it was Fullerton. Why didn't no, it, it was Pinkerton. <laughs> it was Pinkerton the whole time. <laughs> no, because I just read it. That doesn't seem right. Like, Where's your paper copy? Uh, I was, I read it on my phone, but like, okay, like I have a to main character. Because... I mean, I know. Well, they refer to her the whole time, mostly as Lavinia, but sometimes Pinkerton. Okay, so now I have to find the page. It was, by the way, Derby results, not Darby, um, because the 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 name of the horse race is the Derby. I could have sworn again. So this is me on my audiobook. I could have sworn he was saying the Darby though every time. Yeah, but it's D E. Miss Fullerton, yes, Lavinia Fullerton. It's a different name. And which it version is... is that on your your Kindle version? That's crazy. Yeah. 
Well, in my audiobook, which is, again, shameless unsponsored plug for it's on that on that free website where clearly someone has uploaded a um because it'll be like end of disc two and so right (laughs) it's book audio dot online book audio dot online has several of these books and this one was definitely on there so i got to listen for free but yeah he that narrator said pinkerton and uh you know wikipedia says pinkerton that's fascinating yeah, because that's where I was like, Fuller, yeah, Pinkerton. Anyway, because I would have remembered that. So, okay, so okay. Lavinia Pinkerton Fullerton. <laughs> right, whatever. Hyphenated name. name. <laughs> hey, I've changed my last name a lot. I get it. She probably, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, so she uh, goes off, you know, they get off the train and, you know, say goodbye, whatever. And then Luke is there in uh, London hanging out with his homie, Jimmy, Laura Murs. I feel like she always has a character named Jimmy. Right. And he's a very similar guy. Yeah. It's always like these young people named Jimmy. So Luke is like hanging out with his friend Jimmy and just talking about stuff. And he tells this story. And he kind of has this like, yeah, he tells the story, but he also has kind of this like, I just graduated from college and I got nothing to do feel about him. Totally. Or he's um, like... I'm just gonna crash on my friend's couch for a while. Right, because really he he's plans. out of the army. He doesn't have a plan. He's just or yeah. So he's just like just hanging out. Yeah, crashing on his friend's couch. And so, oh, the reason he tells the story is because he sees in the newspaper that Lavinia Pinkerton Fullerton was died because you know she was hit by a car. And he's like, oh my gosh, remember I told you this woman that was like chatting with me on the train well she died and so that was kind of crazy because like she was hit by a car and he's the same day right he's like oh that's too bad she died and then they're still hanging out doing their i just got out of college i'm imagining they drank and smoked some weed or whatever they do in the 1938 version of that right and then he reads in the paper that dr humblebee died right which like that's what Lavinia had predicted was going to happen. So she died and the doctor died. Very and he's like, closely together. So he starts to spiral and he's like, Jimmy, you know, she was, she was paranoid. I thought she was paranoid that like there was this killer in her town, but then she was killed. And then now the guy she said was going to die, died. And he decides he's like, you know, he's not doing anything else anyway. So he decides to go to the town and, investigate but jimmy was like well you can't just show up to a village where there's no a outsider tiny village. yeah right and so um, i also the- love how it seems like a nor uh, like there's a little bit of talk about how it's a kind of a crazy thing to do for him to just show up at this town and start investigating supposed murders but but then he just goes for it so that's why i definitely got the um you know i i don't have anything else to do you're right. Kind of right. I mean, yeah, he literally had nothing else to do, so why not? So, the town that they're from is Witchwood under Ash, and so they're trying to figure out what ruse he could come up with to go there. And Jimmy's like, "Wait, I have a cousin," because and Jimmy jokes because he has his dad had a lot of siblings, so he's got a billion cousins. So he's like, "Oh, I have a cousin there, um, and we're really close. So you can go there and pretend to be another one of her cousins and stay with her, and that way that." And, you know, she is engaged to, you know, this 
important man of the town. So that'll vouch for you. And so that way you can get there. Um, and then when they were coming up with the ruse for while he'll be there, they decide that he's going to be writing a book about witch traditions and um, kind of pagan rituals and things, because I guess Witchwood under Ash has kind of a reputation for for right. witchy kind, kind of, of stuff. like the way that Salem, um, Massachusetts right. does now, which is kind of like a not really, but there's a history. So people are like, ha 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 kind of thing. Right. So, um, uh, so he goes down there and he meets Bridget, who he thinks looks like a witch. Mm-hmm. And right, she's got okay. pale skin and black hair, and right, and she's in her twenties. And the guy, late, she's late twenties, and she's engaged to Lord Whitfield. Which, in was it Whitfield or Easterfield in your version? It was Easterfield than the one that I read. I, why and... would they have these different names? I know, right? Like, there's something more American about Easterfield and Fullerton. That's so funny, right? Yeah, um, but yeah, so yeah, Lord, whatever his name is, his name Gordon. was actually Gordon Rag, and um, he didn't grow up being Lord of the Manor. He was actually got rich, and then became a Lord of the Manor. And Bridget right. was his secretary. Right. And then got engaged to him. And so he's in his 50s and she's in her late 20s. So the um, ew. Yeah. But, Which Luke um, thinks ew from the get-go. Right. And um, Lord Whitfield's story is that his father owned a boot shop in this town. And then he's completely self-made. He owns all these newspapers and right. which sound like trash right but like he he's makes, yeah he's a, a mogul has all these newspapers and so he's got a ton of money and so he now bought this estate and he's lord whitfield now but it was interesting and because the people of the town and especially the working class people don't buy into him being a lord like you hear a lot of comments from the people as luke is interviewing people that they're like, he thinks he's Lord so-and-so. I remember his mama had a boot shop. He ain't nobody. Like, he's not better than us. And it's interesting right. because they, the working class people keep reinforcing that he is not of breeding. And it's so important. Like, it, him being self-made is a bad thing to him. But he brags about it. Like, Lord Whitfield is like, I come from humble beginnings and I'm completely self-made. And that's one of the interesting things that I always notice in Agatha Christie books about the difference between Americans and British, at least according to Agatha Christie, because in an American story, the self-made man would be the hero. Right. And then in a British story, he's nouveau riche and has no class. Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And it's just, it's just interesting. And so the um, only oh, uh, that's another funny part. Of- he had taken so the the home they live in actually was Bridget's family is of breeding and that was actually her childhood home briefly and then they moved away and so he bought this fancy big fancy house but because he is now the lord and has all this money he wanted to make it his castle and so he changed the outside of it from a traditional looking home into um but i was picturing like a mcmansion like a just a monstrosity of super tackiness and i 
Luke money, didn't describe no it a yet. lot, but it just sounded like he'd somehow literally tried to make it into looking like a castle with new construction on top of this old home. It just sounded right. super tacky. So, um, and um, yeah, and everybody says it's tacky. Luke says it's tacky. Bridget says it's tacky. Everybody in the town is like, yeah, this man has no taste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so he gets there and he and Bridget are getting along. Um, and Lord Whitfield from the beginning is just like, I am blah, blah, blah. Here's some more about me. Blah, blah, and blah, Luke blah, realizes blah. the best way to make friends with him is just to be like, oh, really? Oh, yes. Let you talk about yourself. Yeah. And uh, just, just nod like, and be at, like, oh, yeah. Me at any bar. <laughs> and then the, the weirdest thing was is that compared to a lot of Agatha Christie books, there's a lot of dead people mm-hmm. and no murders happen during the story itself. One. No, wait, one. One, one. one. Right does. at the end. Yeah. Right. Um, but you're right. But, they're mostly already dead. And, and, but and a there is a long list ton. of suspects. So there's a crap ton of dead people that Miss um, Lavinia had said was part of the list because um, Luke somehow was able to like go back and interview people about recent deaths. And well, yeah, because he goes, he goes and he pretends he's writing this book on like old pagan cu- customs. So he goes and he's like, a good way to learn about these customs is death, death rituals. Have there been any recent deaths? And people are like, oh, so that gives them kind of chatting about all of the people that have died right. um, in the last year. So there's Mr. Carter, who was the landlord of one of the pubs and was always drunk, but he fell off the footpath and, and died. There was Amy Gibbs, who was a servant at a few of the different houses. She and drank, drank ha- hat paint instead of cough medicine. There was uh, Mrs. Horton, who died. Was sick a lot and then died, so it might have been a surprise. Maybe it was But she sounded because... kind of like more... You know, her sick a lot seemed more uh, mental health oriented <laughs> than right, something that yeah. would kill her. Doctor Humblebee, uh, which we know about, because he and he got an infected um, uh, cut. Right, and um, uh, Mrs. Horton died of acute gastritis. Right. Um, um, Tommy yeah, Pierce, so- who was this little guy who sounded like a complete little shit that everyone hated, but he fell off a out of a window or off a window you know and what was so interesting about uh that one is that so we never meet this young man i don't know how old he was like i didn't quite catch but from the way description i'm guessing 10 or 11 like he wasn't right super young um but every single person said that he was a horrible person like the kind of kid who tortured um animals kind of kid and but i was like it's funny because again, like rereading these now that I'm a mom, I was like, really? No redeeming qualities to a child? What right. happened to him? What made him such a horrible kid that when he died, a child died and people were like, oh, he was just a horrible kid. And right. I'm Even thinking, Mrs. Pinkerton was like, eh, you know, I'm like, but I mean, like a, a lot of people are kind of jerks at middle school age and turn out to be great people. Right, because I kept on thinking he's a child who died, but he fell out of a window at 
So there was two big houses that used to be the Lord of the Manor of the town houses and um, belonged to uh, another older woman uh, family who also lost all of her money and Lord, what's his name in the British version? Whitfield bought these houses and converted them to like a museum and a library right, or something. And so they were big old houses that people used to live in, but are now a museum and a library. Right. Um, and so uh, Tommy uh, fell out of one of the top windows and that's how he died. Right. He was supposed to be like so. cleaning them or working there somehow, cleaning the gutters or doing something and fell. Yeah. And then of course the last one um, before Luke really starts investigating is Miss Lavinia um, because he met her. So, right. Um, and uh, so that's a lot of dead people. And um, a lot. Wait, I wanted to bring this up, but now I have to remember the name of it. Have you seen it? Do you know that movie? I'm so bad at this. This is what I play with my <laughs> you gave partner constantly. No have you seen it? Do you know that movie? There's it's a no British clue. cop buddy movie that's kind of a comedy it's definitely a comedy it's for the people who did Shaun of the dead oh yeah that's one of my favorite it's the premise uh, of this isn't it so good what's the name of that movie oh my god it's one of my favorite oh gosh hot fuzz hot fuzz right so you know how in that one they're like yeah, there just happen to be a lot of accidents in this town. And that's what they say in this. They're just like, well, these aren't murders. It just happens to be a whole bunch of accidents in this town. And I was like, ooh, this is like a source of that. Because oh my there's gosh, all these different accidents that happen. And it's like a different, you know, end to the story. But it's totally hot fuzz in the sort of like, oh, well, yeah, you can't link all these different accidents together that people just happen to die in different ways because none of these were considered to be murders right 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 is it a totally so, hot fuzz because there was there's somebody that he talks to in the town that is just like well you can't count accidents right right and he comes in and he's an out-of-towner and he's like wait a minute there's something wrong here it's totally That's hot fuzz so, right it is hot fuzz except for without the conspiracy of all of the right you know yeah, it's, it's a James different. Bond. It's a different murderer. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I never thought about that. I love Hot Fuzz. It's one it's of my so favorites. Good. I yeah, I've me, rewatched me it. I don't know how many times. Oh my gosh, me too. So, so yeah. um, anyway, so there's a lot of dead people, but also all of those deaths happened before Luke showed up. So he's just interviewing people. Right. So and he's then, just like, I'm just learning about death customs and all these things. So he talks to the. Uh, clergy person of the town and he talks to just all the, the townspeople. other doctor who was the partner right. he talks to the um the local lawyer and then at um, some point bridget um is like are you really here because he 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 um somehow she suspects that like he's not here for the reason that that he said he was and um so he kind of he comes clean about you know investigating the murders and she's like aha i thought so because you know i always thought there was something weird about the murder of amy gibbs or her death that her drinking hat paint didn't make any sense because this day and age women don't dye hats anymore especially right, girls of her is, class right because this is um the it, this book came out in 38 
Um, so uh, let me double check. Is it 38? Yeah. So early in the Great Depression and earlier, um, even in the 20s, they were talking about hats were more expensive. And so in order to get, instead of um, getting a new hat, you would just paint your old hat. Right. Um, but then by the late 30s, hats are cheap. So if you don't want a new hat, you just yeah, get Yeah, I was picturing cheap... like, you know, now hats are from Forever 21 and H&M. And right. Not, why exactly. would you? <laughs> you're not going to like get those you're tailored. Not... You're just going to buy new disposable stuff. Exactly. And the other thing it's... was, is that the color was red and Amy Gibbs had she... red hair. And so and, yeah. Bridget is like, a person with red hair would never dye their hat red. So it just doesn't add up. Right. It was interesting because at first Bridget didn't know what Luke was really doing, but he basically told her pretty early on what he was doing. He also started to, besides judging Bridget for being engaged to a guy who was more than twice her age, um, or maybe twice her age, but whatever, um, he also starts falling in love with Bridget. So there's that. Right. Um, so, um, so Bridget's kind of in on it. Um, and then he's interviewing all these people and there's so many suspects, but like the one that was the weirdest to me was Mr. Ellsworthy who owned an antique shop. Right. I was kind of picked, I was trying to picture it. So, so there's, okay. So just to give you this, there's Dr. Thomas, who's the young partner of the doctor that died. There's major Horton. Who's like an old retired major with a bunch of dogs whose wife died who just wants to talk about his dogs there's mr abbott the lawyer Lawyer. who's real lawyery um mr wake who's kind of you know but like um but mr ellsworthy is the one Mm. that luke keeps focusing on because he's this they kind of describe him kind of effeminate but kind of like you know the kind of effeminate who's creepy towards women um they kept calling right. him queer and things and and he definitely like they, they described him in some ways that were effeminate but also he maybe had an inappropriate relationship with amy and he just he kind of came off kind of like they, yeah and they like his skin was green and just like lots of like creep stuff but happening and also there. apparently he would bring down friends to this tiny town and do occult rituals for fun and right, because there's really... this witchy energy there. He had moved there. He owned the antique shop. And then I and think, he... yeah, he'd moved there to be like, I'm being, like, he just seemed like that hipster person who's just like, I'm being alt and poly. And... <laughs> but I had sympathy for him because I was thinking, like, this Ellsworthy guy, because Luke was so prejudiced against him, I kept on thinking, so you're prejudiced against him because he's not a cop, because he's not. Well, yeah, there was nothing wrong with him. He was just, and he was the kind of person who I know a lot of people like that who are being counterculture on purpose to piss people like you off. Right. So I could see both. I could see the thing where, like, there's that kind of person who's kind of creepy, but then you could also see that he's performing this to be counterculture and he moved to this witchy area to do these things. Which is why when Luke kept on saying he was the obvious suspect. I was thinking he just moved there. He's a counterculture guy. If you know anything about posers like that, they are the least likely to actually do any violence. 
Yeah, it was funny, but yeah, Luke really perseverates on him, and I think it was totally. His... And it's like because the other people who were more like traditional manly men, like Doctor Thomas or Mister Abbott, he's like, well, it couldn't be them because they seem like straightforward people. And then he, and the only thing that he had against Doctor Thomas was that he was um, arrogant. Right. Um, but then he did say so in his time talking to Miss Pinkerton he got the impression that it was someone of at least her social class that right, it was someone right. like he she she had mentioned I'm not going to go to the local police couldn't they wouldn't believe me I need to go straight to, to Scotland Yard and so he kept something saying like he had the this, last he had this, person or nobody would suspect or he kept like having that. this internal dialogue that was like I want to suspect Ellsworthy but that's not who she seemed to be suggesting because it wasn't someone that you would immediately think and he definitely like got creep vibes off of Ellsworthy. The other thing right. that I thought was hilarious is they kept referring to Ellsworthy's parties as orgies. And I was right. like, that the meaning of that word has changed. Cause they were talking about, <laughs> they, they definitely were, they, I think they meant like debauch and right. You they know, meant... alt and, you know, but I don't think they Maybe, meant like I'm, sex I'm guessing party. again, I'm going to bring weed up again because like, 38 there was weed yeah. so maybe he was drinking and weed and who knows but yeah they kept on calling him orgies and you're like are they actually having sex but i could tell that like from it like that it wasn't from the context clues it didn't sound like actual sex parties which i had thought was the only meaning of the word orgy yeah yeah um i so, mean I, yeah it seemed like they they meant like a party of disrepute but they didn't mean like people actually having sex but they said it a lot <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're yeah, picturing him weird. having these yeah. orgies. <laughs> oh, we lost your voice. Portia's talking, but we can't hear her. When I went to go look at another app, my phone was like, you must be done recording. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, you... the app doesn't like it when you when you're on the phone, when you when you click away. When you go away. Okay. It's very needy. You so cannot multitask. I, so you were you were going to read a quote. I was going to read the definition of uh, orgy according to the dictionary. <laughs> Is that what you're reading? Because you were reading it for a long time, and I was like, oh, she's got a quote here. <laughs> I was like waving and <laughs> signaling, like we can't hear you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just reading. You were like, like you were so happy and reading and smiling and smiling and reading. <laughs> like, well, I'm so glad she's so pleased right now, but we're not hearing any of this. Oh, God. So, I what did you find out? Because we couldn't okay. hear you quote. Summarize for well, us. I'm afraid now. Um, so, um, a the first definition was uh, ecstatic celebration in honor of Greek or uh, Roman uh, gods. Oh, and then there was an indulgence one or a wild party, and then the third one, the third definition was sexual encounters with lots of people. Oh, so our most, you know, yeah, easily was... thought of one is not interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyway, but yeah, I was saying that looking up the definition of uh, a word is the worst way to start a paper in high school. And so kids do it all the time. So I always have to say, please do not start your paper. The dictionary with... defines orgy. And... <laughs> <laughs> we 
<laughs> we could have started the podcast that way today. The dictionary <laughs> defines orgy. <laughs> oh, well. Things we could have done. So, yes. So, anyway. So, yeah. He's sort of the outsider. And so Luke keeps wanting to think it's him. Right. And in a way that I never quite bought into. I was always like, no, okay. He didn't. He, he didn't sell it to me. Right. So, so Bridget becomes his ally and kind of walks around with him and does some of the interviews. Um, mm-hmm. And he talks to like a bunch of different people um, in the town, like Tommy's mother and uh, the kid who died, the widow of the doctor who died, and the daughter of the doctor who died, and the uh, aunt of the young woman who died, you know, like, and the and the and major horton the husband of the woman who died died. yeah so he talks to everybody um and everybody knows who he is within a really short amount of time because it definitely had this miss marple tiny town kind of feel and um then he talks to honoria wainflit how the hell do you Um, say that name uh the audio reader says honoria honoria okay that makes honoria honoria Wayne Flett? I think so. I think Wayne Flett. Okay. okay. Uh, who's also an older uh, single woman who gives off a Miss Marple vibe. Um, but at some point he says that she's in her 60s, right? I think she was, yeah, very young 60s. And she um, had once been engaged to Lord Whitfield um, right, when they were, when they were young. You start, which is where you start um, thinking about how she's in her 60s and she was engaged to the same person that Bridget's engaged to. Who's in her 20s. Who's in her 20s and like, blah. Yeah. So, um, but she starts to give looks to Luke of like, meaning like, especially because they were talking about Amy Gibbs dead. <laughs> what you can't hear, listener, is Portia's face. <laughs> She's giving <laughs> right them. Like, which, um, which is dumb. Because but I'm going to describe that Portia is giving meaningful glances to the camera. Like big eyes <laughs> leaning forward. Meaningful glance. I would say almost I am opening her with... eyes and saying, do you know, can you read my meaning is what I would say right. she's doing. Because those, both of those gestures were silent, Portia. So I'm just giving like voice <laughs> to what I saw there. Which is, what, which is ironic because of course the book I did not see anybody do this. I just read about it. Right, but she gave but... meaningful glances to to Luke. Yes. And so Luke eventually takes her in and says, "Are you were you suspicious about Amy's death?" And for a while, it was just about Amy's death. Mm-hmm. Because and, and, does... and Amy was her maid at the time that she died. Right. She'd been dismissed from uh, Lord Whitfield's house for being not that great. Or pissing right. him off or doing something. Yeah. Wait, I thought she went on a date or something. Yeah, she did something that he didn't think was respectable, so he let her yeah. go, but then uh, Honoria brought her on as a maid. Right. So she was giving meaningful looks about the death of Amy. To and so Luke. yeah, he kind of keeps going back to her in, um, every once in a while. And then, as you mentioned, the side plot is that he's now fallen in love with Bridget and confessed his love to her but in this very sexy chokey way meaning that like he's like (laughs) they're like kind of like 
on each other's nerves and she's like why are you marrying him he's old and gross and you're old you're gross for marrying him i love you right she's like it's very like i'm a teenager and i'm angry at you for being in love with someone else and all of his sweet talk was real mad and angsty and she's like look i was really in love once i got my heart broken and now in this case you know being his secretary i get this salary and being his wife i'll get a much bigger salary with about the same duties and i'm sorry if that sounds cold to you but whatever because luke starts being judgy and then he's like well don't marry him marry me and she and he's like and she says he he says i love you and she says but do you like me and he says no but i love you and she's like yeah that sucks um right so then they have some awkward times after that because he's being all angsty but then right. he just and goes on with the investigation. Like it, it's interesting because I kind of I did buy it, right. especially with him being a dude. But he's all like, ah, "I love you, blah." All right, let me go and investigate these murders some more. <laughs> right. Well, and also like the awkwardness of the fact that they're supposed to be cousins. She's he's staying in her house. Of course, it sounds like a big house, a big ugly house. So, but he's like, supposed to be like he even she introduced him to her husband as like a cousin of a cousin kind of thing so like not real incesty plus right. these are the times when we're just coming off of like first cousin love is fine so right, right. that is awkward but they are literally staying in her husband's house right or her yeah fiance yeah or her fiance yeah and i guess so, in that in those times if you live in a big old manor it's respectable to live prior to being married i you guess i'm so, saying like it seems yeah because like by our standards of being respectable, you wouldn't live together right. prior. But I guess if it's a big old manor, it's fine. Right, because they have different bedrooms, I guess. Yeah. Maybe far away from each other because it's such a big house. I don't know. But I just say, you know, I think that like again, American, just some cultural differences. I think American respectability is like if you're under the same roof, we assume you're having sex. <laughs> right. Right. Um. So Luke goes does a lot of a little bit um praro babbling for a while but the difference the is luke and the um omniscient i always want to say omnipotent but that's what what not what narrators are <laughs> the omniscient narrator and luke share right. all of his thoughts with us which is fun because you know praro is always like I knew it all then and then takes four more chapters before he tells what's going on. But like Luke, we're in on there. He's like, okay, I'm thinking this, I'm thinking that, talk to someone else. Now I'm not, now I'm thinking this. So he's like, check, 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 check. And, and we're there with him the whole time. Um, right. As he's like going through his list of suspects and he's like narrowing it down. So he finally narrows it down to Ellsworthy and was it Abbott? It was Ellsworthy and someone else. He got it down to two. Right. And he was like and really into this. And then he at one night sneaks out of the house when he knows that Ellsworthy is going to go off and like do one of his like witch orgies or something. So he sneaks into his house and snoops around and finds a bunch of creepy stuff. And then as he's there, Ellsworthy comes in looking all crazed and has and blood has on his hands. Blood on his hands and stuff. And, and so, so he's, he's like, like it's oh gotta be God. Ellsworthy. It's him. It's totally him. I knew it was him. And then, but then comes the chauffeur scene. Right. So uh, he's coming back to uh, Lord Whitfield's house. 
and he's with um honoria mm-hmm. that you say her name honoria honoria oh good grief honoria I, i'm I, yeah uh he's with honoria and um walks up and lord whitfield is in an argument with his chauffeur who's drunk so and the chauffeur starts telling him off because he's drunk. He took it. He he went joyriding in uh, Lord Whitfield's car and took a girl out. And then so yeah. Lord Whitfield was like, blah blah blah, respectability, blah blah blah, my car drinking, blah blah blah, and he starts being abusive. So the the chauffeur cusses him out. Right, and it's like you're not nothing. Nobody respects you. You blah, 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 all your this father on the boot shop. And then Lord Whitfield was like, you're fired, hey. Um, but then after he leaves, he's like, also, you will get struck down. Yeah, he's like, so you're going to come to a bad end. And so um, he, was all, he was a pompous dude. And um, Luke thought he was a pompous dude. And so like, he's like, okay, whatever. And but this then, is where it goes, like, for me as the reader, because everybody that died at some point when they're chatting with Lord Whitfield, he's like, I fired that girl, that boy pissed me off, I got in a fight with so-and-so over this town discussion, blah, blah. So you find out he kind of had beef with everyone who died. And I started to red flag it because when Luke is going through the list of suspects, He's got all the whole list of everybody. He knows that Lavinia Pinkerton said it was someone of high social class, someone who no one would think. So he's going through this list, and I'm like, why are you not looking at Lord Whitfield? Like, he's right there, right. just because you're saying he's up. And so, as the reader, I start to, like, shout in my head, like, Luke, what about Lord Whitfield? Why are you not looking at him? And like, I'm like, how are you not considering him? And so that when the chauffeur scene happens, like, now you're screaming in your head. Like, look, he had beef with every single person that died. And then he's like, now with this, with the the chauffeur, he's like, he's going to come to a bad end. Everyone who, you know, crosses me comes to a bad end. And Luke doesn't pay any attention, but it's clearly red flagged for the reader in a masterful right. way that you start to be like, oh my God, it's, it's Lord Whitfield. It's him the whole time. And you're starting to, re- right. and you're, you're screaming at your, you know, how you shout at the screen in a horror movie. You're like screaming at the book, like Luke, it's Lord Whitfield. So then... Luke finds the chauffeur's body, right? Right. After he comes back from Ellsworthy House and sees him with his bloody hands, he finds a dead body of the chauffeur and is like, Ellsworthy just got back with bloody hands. He totally killed this guy. And you're like, why would he kill Lord Whitfield's... Like, as the reader, I was like, why would I... Why would he kill this chauffeur? But he just got in a fight with Whitfield. He's... he's he's, It's totally him. I'm screaming at the right. book. It's him. It's him. And so meanwhile, the subplot of like, I love you. Um, why are you marrying that jerk? And she's like, get away from me. Oh yeah. That um, night she's like, I love you also. Right. And so now he's like, oh crap. Well now we've declared our love for each other and we're both staying in this dude's house. So that's just, you know, it's rude. It's slightly rude. It's rude. Um, and so now Luke is sucking up to Lord Whitfield like nobody's business. He's like, I'm just going to sit here and be like, you're the most interesting person because later I'm going to steal your fiance. So <laughs> I'm just going to sit here. Right. And that's when Lord Whitfield is like, it's just, you know, 
God loves me in a way that he doesn't love other people because every time somebody does me wrong, they die. And yeah, and he's, he like, he's about- making biblical references. Like, just like it happened in the, in the Bible, when anyone, you know, right. fucks and you, maybe get smote. Right, and so he talks about <laughs> every single person on the list, except for maybe Miss Pinkerton. Yeah, except I don't for Miss Pinkerton. Yeah, I don't think he mentions um, but her. But every single other person on the list, he's like, this person fuck with me, smote. Over there, smited. Right. <laughs> what is the past tense of to smite? Is it Don't look it up on your phone because we won't be able to hear you again. <laughs> <laughs> but I can do lots of gestures that no one can hear. Um, right. So, and meaningful so, look. Right. So Luke starts to be like, wait a minute. Or no, actually, actually that time he's still not thinking of it. He's still on Ellsworth. No, no, I think it was in that conversation where he's like, oh shit. You know, I think he, that story, he was like, oh my God, not only does this guy do it, he thinks that God is doing it for him or like he thinks he's do it or something. Yeah. So, so there is like, Luke finally gets what the rest of us have been like, dude, how did you not see this coming? Um, And then he ends up talking to uh i'm gonna say it what how's her name miss miss wayne flitz first name honoria 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 the stress is um, on the penultimate syllable honoria honoria okay. <laughs> um anyway so he talks to her and she's like uh duh and, and so, so she like, and then and then he goes and then it's so funny because look again he's a little bit melodramatic so he's like of course you couldn't say anything because you care for him you were engaged at one time oh it's so terrible and then and you you were trying to hint to me but you couldn't say anything and she's like oh well I didn't know for sure and I didn't want to it's just it's just so dramatic right and then he's like oh my gosh Bridget she's not going to be safe there. She's over there. And he's, you know, he, she's just going to tell him and that, had, that she loves Bridget, me. And he and Bridget had agreed not to tell Lord Whitfield for a little while until he, until Luke left or something like that. They oh, we forgot the piece to... where he went to London. Right. right before this, he went to London and found out that Pinkerton was run over by a Rolls Royce that was reported to be Lord Whitfield's license plate number. Right, that a woman t- reported that she saw that license plate, yeah. So um, anyway, so he's like, oh my God, well, we had agreed not to tell him, but Bridget's gonna be in danger because then she'll be on the list of people who's wronged him. Um, and so he goes back home and Bridget had just told Lord Whitfield right. that she was leaving him for Luke. And as expected, and Luke, she's like, fine, do whatever you want, but you're going to get smoted. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, smite, <laughs> smote, smoted? No, you can't make it past tense and then put ED on the end. Wait a minute. Like, <laughs> I'm going to, wait. I, 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 my brain broke there. You smoted? You're going to get smoted? <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. 
I really like doing things that hurt you sometimes. <laughs> oh, God. That is a great quote for our relationship. Oh, um, oh my grammar <laughs> ways. Oh. <laughs> I know. I know what you meant. This um, is why it's so funny because uh, people always think I'm the nice one. And B's like, this is a, you're you're the terrible one, but people think you're the nice one. But it's things like that. <laughs> Smoted. So he's yeah, he's doing to... his thing where he's like, "Yeah, go ahead, leave me. You know, it's fine." But like, you know, God will take his retribution on you. And so there's this weird scene where they're like packing up. And Luke's, and Luke's scared out of his mind, and Bridget doesn't understand why. Yet. Right, they and haven't had the conversation like, yet, so Bridget's just like, "La di da, it's awkward." And she's but like, "What? It's no up. big deal. He's." I'm gonna pack and go to the hotel because it's kind of awkward now, but it's fine. And then Honoria Wainfeld comes over at that time too. So Luke and Honoria both know that we think that Lord Whitfield is the killer, but Bridget doesn't know that. So they come in the room and Lord Whitfield is like playing with a knife and talking about the knife and like being weird and creepy with the knife. And then Honoria's like, put that away. Uh, Bridget, come to my house. Uh, stay with me. Right. So she's totally like, and she had done something earlier where she walked Luke back from where he was investigating in a way that Luke was like, were you trying to make sure I was okay? What are you going to do, old lady? Um, but like, he definitely thought it was adorable, but also interesting that she was like, oh, you'll be safe now kind of thing. Like she was trying to do this, like I'm trying to take care of you thing. Right. So she's like, Bridget come and stay with me and um, Bridget uh, had then had a conversation with Luke where Luke's like look it's Lord Whitfield here's all the things and Bridget's like uh, okay now explain to me all of the evidence explain to me this or that he said this and Bridget also was like exactly what did Miss um, uh, Lavinia Pinkerton right. said. Okay, so this was another good scene as a reader where I felt like, so he's explaining to Bridget that it's Lord Woodfield, and she's like, what are you talking about? Like, he's pompous, but like, he wouldn't hurt a fly. He, she'd literally say, he wouldn't hurt a fly. And then, so she's explaining it, and then she's like, tell me exactly what Miss Pinkerton said. And at this point, it was kind of weird, because the way that she asked it made me think, is Bridget the killer? So like, now my brain is like, because you oh. clearly it's not Lord Whitfield because that would be too easy and it's too soon and this is still ongoing. So it's clearly not him. So as a reader, I'm like, the way she's asking. And now, once I know the final solution, I understand why she was doing it. But for a minute, when she's like, what exactly did she say? And so he and quotes. And the other thing this, is, the, is there's this tension because we definitely know that it's whoever pisses Lord Whitfield off. So right. Bridget and Luke are in danger now. Right. Now, both of them have this young people arrogance that, like, I don't have and I don't think I ever had. Because if somebody was like, someone wants to kill you, even when I was 25, I would be like, oh, shit, oh, shit, I'm going to go hide on my blanket. Right. And, and both these- of them are like, no matter who they think it is, they're like, oh, well, it'll take a little time. I'm like, no, the, the, the chauffeur pissed him off and was dead that night. This is not a person who's taking their time, but they're in, in both of their, we find out later on in both of their thinking, they're like, I thought I was safe for a while around the killer. 
Right. And, and I was like, also... but you just saw the chauffeur had an argument and was dead that same night. There wasn't a lot of planning in that case. So like, I don't know why either of you, like you said that, that, you know, that young people like, I'll be fine. This person who's killed all of these people in all these different ways isn't going to kill me. I'll have time to, to get out of it. I was like, I had the same reaction as you. I was like, what is wrong with you? I'd be sprinting out of there. I'd be like, oh, hell no. When they were like, you should go somewhere else. And I was like, yes, you should go somewhere else. Everyone should, both of you guys should leave this town now. Right, 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 right. exactly. The, the whole like, no, 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 I got this. And I was like, no, you, anyway. So there was definite tension. Like, yeah. and I remembered who the killer was. And so rereading it this time, because, you know, um, it's kind of a, mem- a memorable solution. And so, but I couldn't, but I, the tension, cause I was like, oh God, what's going to happen? Cause I couldn't remember exactly. I just was like, oh God, there, cause there, she did a really good job of creating. Oh, tension. she builds the sense, the, the tension so well in this. So, okay. So Bridget goes to Honoria's house and. And is, Luke goes to talk to Superintendent Battle. And we're like, friend. hey, it's Battle. It's the homie. He's here. Because, like, you know, we hadn't known anybody yet. And then, like, Battle shows up. And you're like, oh, there is somebody I know in this. And then, of course, because it's a, if it, if it is this guy who's this big, fancy, important, rich guy who's killing people, if Elon Musk is a murderer, then <laughs> they need to bring in. If, if, if Elon Musk is a murderer? I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, he's a bad person but how is it gonna... <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you know okay. him to be a murderer no i was just thinking he's a, a rich jerk who thinks he can do whatever he wants so he may have you know yeah i mean that's murderer jason and like you know like <laughs> that's like you know global like the planet murderer right kill us all in that way but like you know i'm just saying he's more like load Whitfield, i suppose yeah that's what anyway <laughs> spiral (laughs) um (laughs) but anyway so like yeah so they bring in battle because he's the one that we've known from all these other books who deals with like the elite and so like if there's going to be an elite murderer they're going to bring in battle which is what's happening here and so there's this like so bridget's with miss wingflit and luke checking up on her like how are you doing and like i'm gonna just go talk to battle and i'll be back and like this like tension and they definitely built this tension where she's like, I was with Miss Wingflit and Miss Wingflit is like, oh, I've got her. She's safe with me. Yeah. But there's tension, tension, tension. And it was interesting. I kind of wished that we had flipped to Bridget's uh, interior monologue earlier because of what we found out later. No, but that's why it was so good that it did it. And this was honestly, so, you know, we we talked about that we might do a uh, special episode on, you know, the, the man who died twice. Mm-hmm. And I think the switching of the narrator at these key times is so good because we never get Bridget's internal dialogue until the end because she's the one who knows who did it. And I think it's so key because if we'd had it all along, then she would have had to lie to us or whatever. But the cool thing is that, you know, we're there with the detective the whole time. Like, it's kind of cool because, you know, Praro, we never know what he's thinking until he tells the group. We never get Praro's internal dialogue, but we're getting Luke's thought process. We were with the detective the whole time and the detective didn't figure it out. Like, he was like the last to know. 
Right. But anyways, I thought it was a genius use of like, that was the way to withhold right. the solution. But I didn't find it frustrating because we're there with the main character. Like he's main character energy. Right. And yeah. she's just yeah. a love interest. But then it turns out she's the genius. Yeah. Right. And, and isn't that interesting? Because at the very beginning of the book, tying back to why this book is so good in so many ways he says at the beginning something about like they're making jokes again this is how they fell in love but they they they're making jokes about like what would happen in a in a book again that sort of like classic agatha christie and she said something mm-hmm. like oh the heroine never dies and he says in his internal monologue dialogue he's like um i didn't i i managed to not say it i i suppress saying yeah but you're not the heroine and she is the heroine and that's what's so funny because he almost said like you're not the the heroine he almost said like you're not the main character right 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 he's being the main character but he's being totally like he's missing the point and so she is the heroine which is like she was right the heroine's not gonna die it was just it was so tied together so well and he assumed from the entire beginning that the murderer was a man right. for no reason. For no reason. Because his entire list of suspects was all men. Right. For no reason. Right. No reason. There was no reason for him to do that. Right. So, okay, guys, we're getting there. This is very exciting. So he drops off her to Noria's house. Like, cool. She, he's safe from the big bad guy here. I'm going to go talk to Battle. We're going to figure out how to take down, you know. Um, right. Lord Whitfield. Lord Whitfield. So Bridget, now yeah. we finally get Bridget's internal dialogue and she's at Honoria's house who's like, oh, let me get you some tea. And she's like in her head, like what I need is a drink, but I don't think I'm going to get one at this house. I can't stand tea. So she pours out the tea when Honoria is in the other room. Right. She doesn't, she doesn't like tea. And so, and then she comes back and Honoria is like, oh, I need to take these clothes. Let's go take some, you know, clothes for donation and be good for you to get a walk. We've been through a lot. So let's go on a walk. So they go through a walk through the woods and in the middle of nowhere of the town, apparently. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think they're literally like in the woods or a meadow or so- somewhere, you know, kind of far away from everything in, in the village. And, and Bridget's sleepy for other reasons, probably uh, adrenaline crash kind of thing. Right. She's just tired, but she's fine. And so they stop and they're like chilling on some rocks or just, you know, being in nature and like hanging out. And then she closes her eyes for a minute and Honoria is like, oh, you're so sleepy, aren't you? And it like gets real creepy. And then she, that's when we find out that she has thought that Honoria was the killer and this is just confirming it. But she, like we said, she thought she would be fine. She thought that she would take longer to kill her. Mm-hmm. So she decides, okay, she thinks I'm drugged because she thinks that I drank that tea that I didn't drink. So let me get her to confess while she thinks i'm under you know all drugged um let me get let me let me get her to talk about herself and they, and then they really tie in the fact that bridget had got you know that's how she'd won over lord whitfield because he wanted to talk about himself and she was his secretary and she's good at letting people talk about themselves and so she used those skills here to be like oh but you're just so clever how did you outsmart them all because knowing that she's planning to kill me anyway so she'll confess it all to me because she does want to brag to someone about how smart she is. And I'm a safe audience because she's about to kill me. Right. And she also is pretending to be drugged the whole time. Oh, and we forgot to talk about the bird. Oh, the bird. 
so a way when um when they finally when Luke was like finally starting to suspect Lord Whitfield and he talks to Miss Wainflet about it and says you used to be engaged to him and she had talked about that and she goes oh yeah it's so nice that he did the thing and he was like oh because talking about buying the old her old house and turning it into a museum and she says that's really nice and um that she still cares for him um but but then when he's like you suspected him she says that the reason that they broke off is that she had a canary or something uh-huh. she had a pet bird and that um <clears throat> lord whitfield strangled or what have you do was jealous it? of it and then strangled it yeah wrung its neck and killed it and that's when um she broke off the engagement and she and then luke repeated that story to bridget right when he was like no, and that was also him. part of when she started to ask like what exactly did miss pinkerton say right and then so then when bridget's now drugged or pretending to be drugged by miss winfield she's like so what happened between you and him and she said he was engaged to me and he broke it off because of that stupid bird i love that bird it used to eat sugar off of my lips but one time it pecked me and i killed it and after that he broke up with me or something like that right and she by the way is doing super creepy full-on i enjoy killing crazy face oh yeah yeah and then she literally goes through because bridget is good a good listener and pulls it out of her so she basically goes through list by list how she did each murder and how basically she was mad when gordon broke it off with her but then he went away and came back with all this money and then at the point where he bought her family's old home that they could no longer afford and then asked her if she wanted to work there. She found that so insulting right. that she decided at that point that she kill- she thought about killing him, but it wouldn't be enough. She wanted, she was like, what would be a good enough punishment? So she decides I'm going to kill a whole bunch of people and have him hung or sent to a mental institution for my crimes. And then she starts yeah. to describe piece by piece how she did each murder. But she's like, I don't want to make it too obvious because I was enjoying the killing. So right. like, it she's a true serial killer sociopath. So she's like, yeah, I want him to hang for this, but like not for a few years. Cause like, I want to get some kills in. I'm really enjoying this. This is great and, for me. And uh, she, the anger, cause like when she was engaged to him back in the day, she, her family was well off and his family was low and so her family was mad at her for getting engaged to this like low class guy, and then he broke it off to her. When and off yeah, and, and she got was rich. like, "How dare you break it off with me when you know I got flack for even getting engaged to you, and you're beneath right." Me. And then, and then she, he went off and got rich, and her family got poor. So like, not only did he like break it off with her in a way that she found insulting, but then salt in the wound like he became Lord Whitfield and she became the old lady who has to work at the house she used to live in. Right. It was like all these levels of insulting of like, you know, defeat and right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. You, you paint a better picture for why she headed out for him so well, but then, but then like every, and and the killings were a combination of people that were on her nerves. So it was like a bonus that she got to kill them. 
but also frame him. And some of them were literally just to frame him. There were no other reason. Right. And then because she was an old lady that nobody suspected, like she pushed, um, she hired Amy Gibbs and gave her the hat paint. She gave arsenic oh, and the tea to the old lady. And she lady. said when she decided to do this, she would go to the library and study criminology. So she right. understood the, a lot of the theories around the library. Yeah. So yeah. she would, like, when she did the hat paint thing, she made it look like the door was locked from the inside because she turned the, the key from the outside with pliers. Oh, yeah, the thing. So that. she had yeah. all these tricks for being a smart killer because she'd actually studied criminology so and she had time so she she really right. studied all this and each there, there was no similarity between any of the murders right because each one was a different way of doing it and then the dr humblebee one she was taking care of lavinia's that one literally and, turned mean, my stomach lavinia pinkerton's cat who has an infected ear yeah, and after so she, after Miss Pinkerton died, she took possession of her cat, and she had an infected ear. And um, so she took the pus from the infected ear, and uh, she jabbed got, him somehow, pretended it was a mistake, and jabbed him with his scissors, and then ra- put bandages on it with the infection from the cat's yeah, ear. Yeah, she soaked put... bandages in like the pus from the ear infection and put it on his finger. And she was like, and it was funny, it was so well written because again, I have nothing to criticize because she was like, hey, it was a long shot. I wasn't sure that would kill him, but it was worth it. And when it worked, I felt so lucky. And then and then she says, I'm really lucky with these things. I'm always lucky. And so, you know, basically like killing him from putting the cat ear infection, ugh, gross, um, on his wound. <laughs> might not have happened but it did and i'm lucky and and so, so she she feels sort of blessed through all right. of this process two of them were pushes right one was over a bridge the drunk guy and one was a boy out the window oh right. three including miss lavinia Pinkerton. oh yeah there so was three pushes those are cons- those three are pushes yeah um and um and then how the rolls royce um car license number was that since she did the pushing she said it she told somebody there it was this car with this license plate number yeah even though it wasn't the car at all it was yeah her pushing um and then i the mean hot paint arsenic yeah so the only she, murder yeah, she didn't describe to us how she did was the chauffeur at the end right we never, we never heard the how she managed that one, but we, but she told us about all the rest of them, and she did say she did that one. She just didn't tell us how. Right, right. So then there's this crazy head. scene, and you guys, this is why this book is such a masterpiece. So there's a scene, and again, <laughs> Bridget is faking sleepy, and she's like, "Look, I'm gonna get her to talk. She's what? What is she? Sixty, and I'm twenty nine. I'm fine." So right. she gets her to talk, and as she's doing this, she's unwrapping the knife. So she got Lord Whitfield to like, she's like, oh, what about your knife? So she got him to talk and handle this knife this morning, and then she picked it up with a handkerchief. She's wearing gloves. So now she's unwrapping this knife, and she's going to, she's planning to, you know, kill Bridget and then leave that knife with the fingerprints at the scene, and that'll be the piece of the resonance and that's how he'll get caught for all these murders. So she's right. planning that she's unwrapping the knife and Bridget is faking drugged. And then Bridget jumps up at the last minute before she's about to kill her and 
but she and you know the narrator says like yeah she, Bridget is much younger and stronger but you forgot she's crazy <laughs> crazy is strong right right and <laughs> so they're in this battle now and she's trying to get the she gets she it's a it's an epic battle and she gets the knife out of her hand but then um she's trying to choke yeah Arania Arania no now you got um... Arania Aronia? Aronia? Aronia. You said it was a penopia. Uh, it was Aronia. Okay. Aronia. Okay. She gets her hands around her neck and she's choking her. And so Bridget starts screaming for Luke, you know, who she doesn't even think is around, but, you know, she just starts screaming. And so, like, and she's like, and she gasps for her last breath. And then it cuts yeah. to a new chapter. And it's like right. this very good, like, cut to commercial at the, at the moment right. of Where climax. Right. And then you go and like Luke is chatting with Battle about Lord Whitfield being the killer. And it's like such right. a like deflation of like the moment of climax. She's about to die. The killer's about to kill her. And like we have to go. To, and we're like, you guys are still on Whitfield? <laughs> like, and it's, it's it's such a like, you know, uh, a, uh, hormonal swing <laughs> where you're just like, right, oh God, right. oh God. Okay, so now we're over here. You guys still don't know which end is up. And, and then... He, um, so then he comes back to town and he's like, do, 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 do. And he runs into uh, Dr. Humblebee's widow. Yeah. Right? Um, and then what does she say? I well, she's remember. basically like, oh, um, I'm so glad that Bridget's at, got out of town because, you know, it's not safe here. And she's like, oh, she's not out of town. She's staying with Honoria Wainfield. And she's like, oh, oh no, I you know, I think there's something evil here and I think Honoria Wainfield is at the, the center of it. And that's what uh, Miss Pinkerton thought too, but no one would believe her. And and Luke totally blows her off. And, and Luke's just thing. like, that's weird. I wonder why he thinks she's evil. La-di-da, blah, blah, blah. Wait a minute. Huh. And he starts like, he's like, he, he literally, his internal monologue is so slow. It's just like, I don't think... <laughs> I don't think anything about that, but let me just walk over to that house. Let me just check on them. And he keeps saying, that's crazy. Like, this was all crazy. I can't, I, I can't believe I'm right. thinking what I think I'm thinking, which is just like, at this and point, then, you're just like, dude, yeah, think what you think you're thinking. What's wrong <laughs> with you? And then because sexism, hello. Um, and uh, so he gets over to the house and he's like, are they there? And they're not. They had the, because... The reason that she couldn't kill in her own house is because she has servants. Um, still, well, and she wanted to rich. set up Lord Whitfield for the crime. Right, right. And so, so she wanted to be in this field. And then she had already set out a message for Lord Whitfield to be in the area. So when they right. find the knife with his fingerprints and he's been seen in the area, it's like clinched. Right, right. So, so um, Luke is like wandering around the fields or whatever. Right heard from a there's farmer the, they went the, this way the maid yeah she yeah it, he's the maid says he they went out a dude was like i think i saw them go that way and then he actually hears the scuffle right and he so hears that like when, she, when when she when she shouts his name for help right. so he runs over and this is another this is the one thing i would say about the book where like he pulls the killer off of her and then it says like she how the the killer like fights and fights until she goes rigid and 
stops moving, which sounds like she died. And I'm like, was he choking her? Right. I totally was like, is she did? Because she definitely died, died in that scene. And I'm like, did he have her in like a police chokehold? Right. Right. Because like, I was like, was you should be able to get like you're a policeman. You should be able to pull up an old lady off of someone and hold her. Right, but it right. seems like I, I yeah I think he he like police chokeholded her to death or something because she died and I was like okay so now the murderer died again so that's the same theme as we always talk about is so like oh good right, we don't have right. to have a trial <laughs> that's just right, right but this one was like you know to bring it into our current day it was a you know police murder <laughs> but <laughs> um so. So yeah, so he, but but then she wasn't dead. It was confusing. She was dead. She doesn't come up again. I mean, if she, if she wasn't, if she was not dead and went to trial, then no, I thought they said we don't hear from her again. No, um, uh, no, like I'm afraid if I look it up, I'll make I'll make on my phone it'll go away. But they said that she was now crazy and confessing at the end. They had a scene at the end where they said she was crazy and confessing. When they had oh. the conversation with Lord Whitfield and tried to convince him. Oh, how you know what? You're worse. right. You're right. You're right. You're right. She was crazy and confessing. They didn't kill her. They just, they made it sound like they killed her. Because she made was it like, sound like she... fighting and then went limp or something like that. So yeah, but you're right. right. I think right. there is a point where they where they say that she was just like crazy and confessing. So okay. So great. They didn't kill the killer, which I appreciate. Right. And, and then so then yeah, we flash forward to the mini day where we know who did it, but Battle and Luke and Bridget and Lord Whitfield are Lord all Whitfield. talking. And they're and sort Lord of like Whitfield explaining to him. Does not understand it at all. He still thinks God killed all the people, and people He's, are like, "No, it was her. It was her and trying he, to set you up. It was a real long con. It was a. He was. She was framing you, and he was like, "What are you talking about? What? He totally didn't get how much danger he was in. So, um, yeah. So the uh, which was interesting because I like it was a little bit unsatisfying at the end because he never did get this like oh kind of like i had no idea how much danger he See, never I understood didn't, i didn't find that unsatisfying i felt that on like that that totally tracked for him like the thing was like there <laughs> like the people that we cared about got it and right he right. never got it which was the whole point of why she left him and like she did care right. about him but she was just, like he was just like this pompous person who couldn't and like he, he had this whole rant about like Bridget was like, I, and so, so the reason, so Luke, it was actually very interesting. And I thought really thoughtful because Luke was like, how he's asking Bridget, how did you know it was her? And she's like, when you were explaining to me that it was Lord Whitfield, I know him. And like, he literally can't hit a fly, hurt a fly. Like he won't hunt because it turns his stomach. He can't, you know, catch a mouse. Like he, killing so that, and hurting and then, things hit it and so when you told the story of wringing the canary's the neck i knew that that wasn't true and so if that wasn't true then what else might not be true and so right that's why i asked you specifically what miss pinkerton said on the train and and when when he repeats the story back to bridget which we hear he repeats it you know they they tell the whole thing to us again there's no gender in it 
And so that's right. when she figured out, oh, it's got to be <coughs> Honoria. Um, and uh, so her plan was to go to her house and like Lon Kong this, which is again, like you said, I was like, if you knew she was the killer, she's Ooh, killing people. She's really good at killing people. But right. you just had this like, it's fine. I'll be with this killer at her house and she won't kill me. Like that was really stupid. But it was, really stupid. it was cool because Bridget figured it out. And when you, as the reader, look at Luke, you're like, you're not good at this. Because one, you didn't consider Lord Whitfield at all the whole time. And when you had your list of suspects, just because you happened to be staying there, like you considered other old guys his age. Right. right. You considered so... everyone else in the town, but you never considered him just because he was a pompous guy or just because you were staying there. Like, so like, that was a huge blind yeah, spot. You never considered him. So, right. I, at some point when I wanted to, you know, draw criticism of the book, I was like, but I was like, no, I think that tracks. I think it tracks for some reason that like, he just would have a blind spot there. And it works so well as a manipulation for the reader to be like, you're missing him. Why isn't he on your list? Oh my God. And I, right. we're totally like, I totally miss Honoria because I'm screaming at him about Lord Whitfield and which is exactly what Honoria wanted me to do it was genius it was so good and then I loved the way that like uh, Bridget and he kind of like had this meaning of equals thing where he was judging her for being a gold digger and then she was like you know what I am you know, because she had been hurt before and you could see the, why she'd made the decision she's made and then you could kind of see the relationship building and then the it's so cute because at the end they have this scene where she's like because at some point they'd had this conversation about like I love you but I don't like you right? weird choky love blah 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 right the arguing where he's like I love you but god damn it I'm angry at you kind of thing yeah and yeah. then she's like do you even like me and he's like well no and it was just weird and but you could see like and that is a kind of sexual tension that is real but by mm -hmm. the end when this all is over and they're all like overall adrenaline up at all she's like do you like me now and he's like yeah I do and she's like I like you too and right um and then she said I think I wrote it to you in a text message when I was like, we were getting you ready did. for this. It was like, liking is more important than loving because it lasts. And like, I was thinking like, that is so true. And I was really admiring Agatha Christie's love journey at this point, because being in love with a person, I, 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 there's so many times that like love is not enough. Like you can love a person, but like right. you don't necessarily get along with them. And so I thought it was so poignant when she was having this moment to be like, the reason we can be together is because, yeah, I love you, but also I like you and you like me. And that's important because it's like angry sexual attention thing only gets us through like a certain amount of time. And then we're and gonna... it's such a, such a contrast from the love from the man in the Bruce brown suit, which is like, I love you. I'm going to slap you. I know it would send you sexual attention. And that's all they do. Right. And, and, they... that's, and that's why I really love this one because it started with that. Like you piss me off, which is so hot. But then by the end, it's like, <laughs> you piss me off and it's hot, but then at the end of the day, I like you. And right. that's how we're going to get right. through Tuesday. And like for me, for a relationship now, this is always just like, how are you going to do on like the average Tuesday? Because sexy, angry Tuesdays just turn into fights and resentment. And right. less sexy. And, right. and yeah, like, what are you going to do when it's like, oh, we got to cook and we got to do this. and Because sexy, and angry only lasts so long. You just like sexy, angry turns into 
resentment angry and then you lost all the sexy or you get sexy <clears throat> once in a while but like the actual right. like you and have to be able to like laugh at each other and love each other and it was just such realistic love like right. like and how it started yeah. with chemistry about blah 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 i'm mad at you but and then it turned into like actually like camaraderie respect liking right kind especially of love. since yeah um bridget was the one who figured out who the killer was you know like and, Lucas not good he, at this and at some point, somebody said to him, like, well, being a police in the Marine Straits might be not the same, might not be the right. same as being a cop here. And it was like, I don't know what he was, what kind of crime he was fighting there. But it was so true because it was like, you had two major blind spots. Like, you only looked at men and you missed one of the major men. Right. The one that was being framed. And it was funny because even when she was, you know, giving her confession, like, it she took her so Luke, long to pull in Luke to to see the frame up that she was doing and it was so obvious but it was genius because as a reader you're like shouting at him to see that it's clearly lord whitfield right we didn't say by the way that um she talks about in that scene where she's confessing to bridget she says that she was looking at dr humblebee trying to think about how she was going to kill him and lavinia pinkerton saw the look on her face Right. And she knew that she saw. Right. And so then it was. And that's how Luke finally got there. It was so slow. And there was. It was tedious, but in a perfect way as a writer, because we already know this. The the reader already knows. Like, Honoria is literally already choking Bridget. This is already Mm -hmm. happening. But we're literally sitting in the the next chapter. Luke's like, huh. It was interesting because Ms. and Ms. Pinkerton said there's a look in the eye right before she's going to kill someone. She kind of made a face. face. I saw someone recently make that face. Huh. That was Honoria. Huh. I wonder if like it took him so long to get there, but right. it, and it was, it, it was tedious, but in a perfect way because we all were already there. She's being choked. Right. We're waiting. And so, but like, but just, so we're just literally watching him like, connect these dots so slowly we're like oh sweet pete just because you're a policeman doesn't mean that you're a detective right and and you are no superintendent battle no you're not and um and that's i think why i was the most annoyed about the middle of the book when he was flitting between the different men suspects um for the longest about oh who could heal this and who had this opportunity and there was a little bit tedious stuff in the middle where I was like, dude, you're not even in the same, you're so far away. Like you're just dithering around in the middle for no logical reason. But and, I, I, um, I honestly, I didn't find it on initial read or even reread. I didn't find it like actually tedious. I found it like you're giving me tedious on purpose. <laughs> Like you know what I mean? You're you're showing me that he's bad at this. More tedious. Yes. Yes, I like your tedious. I like your tedious. Yes, tedious. Give me tedious. Because I felt like I was like, am I missing something? Like I, I just felt like it was right there on the edge of drawing out the suspense and bringing out the frustration, but not at the book, at the character. My frustration was never at Agatha Christie or at the book. My frustration was at the character, which was perfect because I, I got there being like, why are you obsessed with Ellsworth? It's clearly not him. 
And then yeah. And yeah, it turns out that we found out later that like the reason he had blood on his hands was because they like literally sacrificed a chicken or something. They were doing like actual, you know, witchy things and, right. and you know, and doing a, and doing their poser kind of way, which is why Luke thinking he's the most like suspicious and I was like, Have you not ever met posers? Right. Like... And we know they had that word back there. <laughs> right. And um <laughs> seriously, but like and as a policeman, like that has got to have come up that there's posers who do things and you're like, oh, honey, that's adorable. Yes. You know, like, and yeah. so the but fact again, that he was the most... Again, my, my frustration suspicious. was always at the character and never at the book. It was such a good book. Like, I honestly, a, a friend recently asked me, you know, she listened to an episode of the podcast and was like asking me what would be a good Agatha Christie book to start with. And I gave her a little list, but like, this might be a good one to start. Like, just be like, as like, if you're just going to read one, to hook someone oh, interesting because i think the reason why i really enjoy this one is because it plays on our reader um prejudices prejudices because even if we aren't inclined to believe that only men kill like luke does we are definitely inclined to believe that sweet old ladies don't kill because of the murder at the vicarage there was a whole bunch of dithering old ladies who gossiped. Right. And no, this was a they, really clever killer to be like, oh, like we we just don't think of her. And she's she's sort of set up to be a, like an ally to your investigation. She keeps popping in and giving you a little bit more information and she also suspects like so she's keep... she's the ally. She's the Miss Pinkerton who lives, she's the Miss Marple. And that's why I love right. when you wrote, like, what if Miss Marple was the killer? And I was like, oh, my God, that's so smart. You're right. Like, what if she used her genius for evil? Right, which is why it's so great. Because, it, as I said, even if we weren't being quite as blind as Luke in terms of, like, sexism and assuming the gender of the story, but we definitely would have had old ladyism of, like, well, no, it couldn't be. Yeah. But clearly, I mean, as we said, the woman was in her young sixties. She was like not right, which you know. is which is young. No, like I have friends who were who are in their you know young sixties. Right, and it's like, that doesn't seem like an old person to me. Well, and I think with uh, Betty White um, just recently dying, and people are like talking about Golden Girls, where she was an old lady in Golden Girls, but she was in her fifties and sixties. Yeah, she wasn't an old lady, and they t somebody made the thing. Have you seen this meme that the people in the ages of the people in the Golden Girls for their first season are the same ages of the people in the reboot? Well, yeah, Sex I did see City. that. I did see that. You know, and then they talk about how different they look, and I was like, no, that's just style. Because no. It, that is just how right and like that's it's funny i've been watching a lot of golden girls reruns um, of course yeah and uh they're constantly talking about sex like they're not painted as these right. asexual people sexy that are just talking about knitting and their grandchildren like they're always talking about sex they have very active sex life they have very active dating lives so it's not like yeah they're so just... i don't think that they're that different from sex in the city or whatever the reboot is called um, yeah they just have not that i ever they just happened to have the style in the eighties was perms and moo-moos. right? And, and, it, and it was it was it was styled to be like these are retirement women, um, right? But also, the difference between them and the reboot people might also be that like at that time we 
allowed women to age. Right. right. <laughs> and like I was saying to, you know, I told you that uh, how the um, the new Matrix is so, so, so terrible. The only, I, I did say to be in its, in its defense, I'd like the fact that they let Carrie Ann Moss be over 40. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. she's a woman yeah. who is over 40 and that in a movie and that yeah. like she's not pretending to be 30 she hasn't like ironed her face so that she's permanently right. 30 like she's a woman who is looking 50 playing 50 being 50 right and like right so i was like the good thing about that film is that she was allowed to be over 40 <laughs> and she's the has, only good yeah, thing about that she's film. got yeah amazing cheekbones and you know, I mean, she's a beautiful woman, room. but she's, but she has, right. she looks the age that she is, and she looks the age that that character would be. She doesn't look like a weird artificial. I froze at thirty-seven, Botox right, right. version of that. Right, you know what right. I mean? She looks like she's aged alongside Neo. Um, right. And then it's the only right. good thing about that. So I'm just saying that the Sex in the City thing might be more to the fact that like we now expect women to freeze at forty, right, and then have that share yeah. plastic surgery face forever. If they right, are right, to, be, exactly. to be in media. Right, right. So, yeah, because given the options, the actually, I, I don't want to get perms. I don't want to get perms. But the outfits from Golden Girls looks way more comfortable <laughs> than what they're wearing, you know. But I don't want to get perms. You are all about but, comfort. I mean, I, I enjoy good-looking clothes. Don't get me wrong. And... <laughs> I enjoy looking good in my clothes, but I also insist that they are comfortable too. So back um, to this book. It's a masterpiece. Well, what we're talking about is old ladies and our view of them. Oh. And, and that's where, see, I, I was relating. I was relating. So the relating. fact that we um, didn't assume that it was this woman for the longest. because when... It took me a long time to see it. When Bridget says, you know, that scene where she gets the tea and she's like, oh, aren't you sleepy in the creepy way is definitely the first time that my brain, the first, you know, the first time I read it went, holy shit. Right. You know, like I hadn't caught that no, at all. Right. No, the book is screaming at you to, to worry about Pink, Lord, uh, Lord Whitfield. Right. And right. And so then you're like, wait. And you know, uh, it's kind of like when you're watching like one of those murder mysteries and you figure out who it is, but it's only 45 minutes in, so you know that can't be who it is. <laughs> That's kind of what happens with Lord Whitfield, where you're like, well, this isn't over yet, so it can't be him. <laughs> well, I mean, but it's close enough to the end of the book that it could be him, right? Because they spend but a lot of again, time Again, that would be people. a different model, because she never does it where it's like, we figure out who it is. And then some more stuff happens. True. Like you go to stay at a neighbor's house and then I do this and then we figure out how battle's gonna arrest them. That never happens. Like and again, this one's consistent. Like big moment, blah blah blah. Like it's always like shocking moment, real quick wrap, real real quick wrap up. Wow. <laughs> That's a really challenging for my speech language pathology issues there. <laughs> real quick wrap up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but you're but right. Like, that is she, like she, Agatha Christie never does it. And then like, there's no Matlock, and there's no like, 
how right. do we pull in the murderer who we, who we know who it is? It's always like, bam, we know it. It's done. Right. It's Perry Mason, not Matlock. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we're old. Let's just reference. I mean, they're both of... courtroom version. Like, they're both like pulling out, right? But we're but on Perry, the like. Perry Mason, but Perry Mason would, you would find out the murderer at the end and then they would go, oh my God, I did it. Yeah, and they always Matlock, admitted it. You know, yeah, Perry Mason, they would always admit it. Whereas Matlock or Columbo got the person. Knew who it was. But then, knew yeah, where it was Columbia. and got them to admit it, right? But yeah, Perry right. Mason, so, they would just, like, get them to break down and, like, admit it. So so the fact that, like, we knew who it was, but then we had this long, drawn out, how is battle going to get him to do it? Right, Like, that, right. that didn't track. So then I was like, well, it can't be him. Oh really? Because I yeah yeah I don't know if I had that thought. Because there I don't there's zero of the book so far where it's not like it's the murderer goodbye. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and usually then it's like dead quick willow chapter about happy everybody happy fun time. I'm really happy um, that she didn't die because that was my one criticism. And if you're right, they did say that she was. Oh the, okay, my one criticism was that when battle is like explaining that you know you know the denouement point he was like oh there's been a little illness in her family and it's like okay oh god <laughs> well, the whole because that was that whole like mental illness <laughs> family thing. and it was but it did go back to her consanguinity thing being like that happens a lot in these old families <laughs> and you're like yeah because y'all used to marry each other a lot right back to our oh. previous 10 years ago when you guys were marrying your cousins as the resolution to these books <laughs> Right, right. So, so, this book is genius. It's peak Agatha genius. And it's peak Agatha because she's messing with her own fans. Yeah, like, I love the emotional journey. I love, I like the love journey, which was like, I like that the love journey was a sidebar that didn't really interfere with the investigation. Like, he'd be like, I love you, I love you, I love you. Wait, let me investigate this murder. Right, right. So it, it didn't derail the investigation. It was always a, it was always a B plot. Um, the love, as you said, was like the the love story arc made a lot more sense. It started off with that like pheromone, angry, blah blah blah. This makes sense that we're attracted to each other. This is going to be unhealthy. And at the end, she's like, that kind of love doesn't last. I'm glad that we actually like each other because that's the only way that love lasts. Which I concur with like right. sexy fighty love sexy fighty you know is not does not lead to long-term success and so i like that are you, story are you saying that um what's her face ann and um what's his face uh from uh Nan in the brown suit didn't end up having a happy relationship i mean they could oh. have but they again just like in this book it's not like if it's just because it starts off this way, that it can't lead to something deeper. But you do, right. I think it does matter in the end of the day if you like your partner. Like if right. you can love a lot of people, right? You can love someone but not actually like them. And I and I, I thought that actually was a really the way that the characters had that discussion about, yeah, I like you, but I don't love you, or the other way around, I love you but I don't like you. That's not right. sustainable. No. And it does happen. Yeah. And so when they decided that they actually liked each other, and I was like, yeah, that's a lot more likely to work. And they both, well, we don't know anything about Luke's dating history, but we know that 
this girl's been burned and she decided to marry a guy that she liked. He was a pompous guy, but she liked him and she knew how to manage him and she'd be well off. And, and then, she you know, she fell been, in love again. She had been his secretary for years, so she knew she could put up with him. Right. She's like, I can, I can handle this and I might as well be a wealthy woman handling this than your secretary handling this. So Luke was her second chance at real emotional connection um, which is why she's so much better at figuring out that he wasn't a killer because um she does know him and she cares for him and she's like he can't he literally can't use a fly swatter he literally go can't hunting. go hunting then so like those, he's not gonna be serial story. killing people and, and strangling yeah, and fairies. i never really thought about that that like but yeah her saying like i know him and that bird story doesn't make any sense and it's so funny because that totally tracks with our modern stereotype of a serial killer which they start with killing little animals and i have no idea if that's true or not true but that's what we think now and so interesting that like that same thing where she was like he can't hurt little animals and i know this so i don't really believe that he's getting he's joy killing all these people and then that um honoria did hurt did. a little animal. Yeah, that she was ready to strangle her, her bird and then kill people for fun. Right, right. So And revenge. Right. Um, so it's interesting because it's fun. Um, I think the first time I read it, it annoyed me probably because I didn't like my prejudice about my old ladies couldn't have done this crime prejudice being pointed out to me. But I love that because it was it was the only twist that we couldn't see coming. Like, you know, right. at this point, and it's so interesting to think about her as this writer, because at this point, she's it's been the doctor. It's been the narrator. Well, I guess it was the doctor and the narrator that time that it was. But, you know, I feel like she's she's thrown all the twist at the audience. And so she's like. Who could I do? What if it was a Miss Marple type? They're never going to see that coming. What if it's a nice right. old lady? And, right. and I think that's why it was to me, because all the other ones, I'm like, of course it could be that. Of course it could be that. But my own prejudices of like, oh, it couldn't be Miss Marple. Right. It couldn't be just... Mimi. Because you know, <laughs> that's who I see every time, by the way, is <laughs> our great grandmother who died when... I was 27, and so I got to know her. But her hair, her mannerisms, I mean, she doesn't have... No, she does not give Honoria. She Mm -hmm. does not. She gives Miss Marple. Yeah. Rose Nyland. She's literally Betty White. Blonde and Scandinavian and sweet. She wasn't stupid, but she was earnest. She's literally Rose Nyland. Yeah, our grandmother was Rose Nyland, uh, great grandmother. Um, so, so yeah, um, I don't, I don't picture her with this like killer person. <laughs> no, no, I, I, because, I, but I could picture how cool it would be if Mimi, with all the dithering, because I can remember Mimi telling a story. I can remember vividly sitting in her dining room. And she was telling a story and we were all sitting there, I don't know, probably leading Lefse. And she's like, yeah, because I went to the bank on a Tuesday or wasn't it Wednesday? Because usually I go to the bank on Tuesdays, but this one time, well, anyway, I went to the bank and there's this Which thing. Which is why I've been like, loving to watch all these Betty White clips from 
uh, from Golden Girls because that's literally how she used to talk. Because like you use stories and you're like, what does this tie into? And it doesn't, <laughs> but it just tied into just her being sweet. And there really was but no then, point of that story. But then, what if? In doing that, Mimi said, and then I wondered why they were carrying that knife. And I started to think, you know, I think, you know, because Miss Marple talks like that. I know this isn't a Miss Marple book, but, but you're mixing it up because our other great grandmother, Nana, was a lot more edgy. And she was the one who would go through a wedding receiving line and say, I killed my grandmother and buried it in the backyard in a, yes. in a wedding receiving line. She's the one who would have figured out the the stuff. She's the one who was Miss Marple. But Miss Marple had she was more shrewd. She was, but Miss Marple was shrewd and also self-effacing. To be like, I don't know, I'm not that smart. But don't you think, you know, whereas Nana would have been like, "Um, guys, you know, she would have (laughs) figured it out, but also she would have been more blunt about it. But this this self-effacing, like. Well, I don't know, but I'm just trying to say that maybe I saw the thing, you know, it's like she talks around things. Yeah, that's true. You know, and so uh, anyway, back to my point of, that I'm imagining all of these women. And then this book is like, ha ha ha, she's the killer. And I'm like, it, because, you know, nobody likes to have their own prejudices and blind spots pointed out to them. Thank you, Agatha. <laughs> It's one thing where I'm like, you, I can yell at Luke and say you were sexist. But it's another thing for me. But to he yell wasn't at just sexist because he also missed Lord, what's his face, he, the whole oh, yeah, time. He just, yeah. But so also, like, he, he had, Luke just was not good at this. Luke was never yeah. good at this. Like, you didn't come out of this being like, Luke is a good detective. You're just like, and then he said, I was a policeman in the Mary Street. That doesn't mean that you were a detective. Like, right. I totally. feel like being yeah, a detective did. is a very certain skill, which doesn't mean that. Right. And he did Like, not Battle have that. probably wouldn't have had all these struggles. Battle would have gotten there much more quickly, at least to see who you're supposed to be framing. Like, Luke couldn't even get to the one that he was, that was supposed to be being framed. <laughs> right. Right. Just the total blind like, spot. I, but... At some point, I was like, why is the why is the Lord not on your list of suspects? Just because you stay there, you just met this guy, right? So right. like he should be above suspicion when you're you're suspect suspecting everyone. But I so but I'm going back to I'm examining my own prejudices. Okay, go up, examine, yeah. do your thing. No, <laughs> take a deep breath, feel your feelings, feel my feelings, and just say <laughs> I apparently can't think that old ladies are killers apparently and agatha christie's like by the way you have prejudices and blind spots too reader and and it messed with me i remember kind of being annoyed by the book because it messed with me that's and um and uh even though it's brilliant because it messes with you you know and i love she she does such a good job of getting me to root to to like i'm screaming at the television as it were screaming into the book um that it's the person that i'm false set up to think that like it's just Mm -hmm. so good like it's 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 masterfully done and it's funny because i was thinking about coming off of the last couple where we're like she found it in she found this one in blah 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 and i was like this is the real one she was working on well she like got those ones out to the publisher she like had to produce something send them some crap just so that like you know sell up a couple books but like this was the masterpiece that she was working on in that time because it's just so good and 
even like the love story, you can go back and tie it from the, the little dialogue and the subtle jokes and the even even the painting of Ellsworthy as the bad guy. Like all of it is just so good and the writing, everything is so on point. Like I just it's masterpiece. Right. Right. So I mean it's yeah, it's a really, really good one. Um, and I loved kind of going to reading it and being like, this is the premise of Hot Fuzz. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. But, like but, all I mean, these accidents. It's, it's, not, it's not the end of it, but like the fact that like there's accidents in a village and everyone's like, there's just a lot of accidents here. We don't know what's happening. But you and, know what I mean? Accidents for people that nobody liked anyway. Where I'm just like, how it could be have... considered a public good to have these people die? And right. I, I love your point of bringing up like, is it ever great if an 11 year old dies, even if he's Dennis the Menace? Right. Like, a lot of 11 year old boys are little shits, but doesn't mean that we want them to die. Right. That, that, and like that, that should be me. that should be more upsetting to everyone in the book. And I, I, I I'll go with you there. Because I, you know, it's interesting because I um. I am now such a sucker if there's a child anywhere in the book. I thought that I was a sucker for stories um, before I had children. And it's so, so we watched The Eternals last night. And uh, it's a Marvel movie, but it's completely different from all the other Marvel movies. They kind of reference the other ones, but you don't need to have seen any of the other ones. I and can watch all... it without having all the context because yeah, I don't watch you don't need of any those. of the context. And everyone's gorgeous, and also has superpowers, you know, because, oh, um, yeah. uh, and so one of the Eternals who has superpowers is like in love with a human on Earth, you know, kind of thing, and I'm like, oh, that's sweet, da 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 da, and then a good third of the movie we find another one of them has married someone and has a child and then has to go like, now earth is in danger. We have to go do something. And that's what I'm tearing up. Like the love story of the beautiful people. I'm like, yeah, but no, no, no. This couple has a child. No, no, no. The other's children involved. <laughs> and that's when I was like, oh, I care about these people. Oh, so. Yeah, it's it's a you know I so like it did bother me more I think this time than when I read it when I was a kid about how come nobody cares that a child dies. No, but, actually, um, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, the book definitely paints it as like, well, he was such a little dick, everybody hated him, but it's like, but he was still a kid, and like a lot of people are dicks as kids. Doesn't mean they should. Both a hot fuzz and this book, like. They keep talking about how it's such a small town. Everybody notices a, a stranger in town. If it's such a small town and they had freaking, how many deaths was it? This one uh, had. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, before we even get to um, Bridget. Seven deaths? Like, that's a huge amount of deaths in a small town. Yeah. And it was over a few years. Was it? At least a couple years. Okay. 
So I couldn't, the time frame, I couldn't quite get. I don't, yeah, I don't think they gave it to us exactly. I so thought it was, like, I thought it was closer than that. I thought it was. Yeah, sometimes it track. was in the last year or two. I think we could say that. But, um, yeah. But anyway, that, just like in Hot Fuzz, when, at the end, when he finds all the dead bodies of the people, um, and I'm just like, no one noticed that, like, because they were talking about, you know, like, teen that all these people were gone like they right. just had disappeared and said no one is like in the countryside going you know my kid disappeared my teenager you know like no yeah. one noticed <laughs> that so is there is that movie, question about like how could you have that many deaths and then they spend all the time saying it's such a small town so but i think this is a really good one and i love it's so when good she it's, writes, this, it's an amazing book i think this writes, this book Double again. Twist. I was as I was saying, like I, if I was gonna like, I've had friends ask me, you know, because the podcast asked me, like, what's the one Agatha Christie book I should read? And I think this one would be a contender. I guess the reason I wouldn't say that to be, if you're gonna read only one, read this one, because it messes with you if you've read Miss Marple books, and. And so you don't think a regular person was raised in the general culture that we're in would be messed with too? Like, I think I could have read this one off the book. I I don't think like you have to have read Miss Marple to think that old ladies are not killers. Like I think like you said, like your upsetness about this came from your own experience of your great grandmother. And I think like most people would be like, I also had a great grandmother or grandmother who was not killy. I don't think you have Fair. to have the context of that. Fair. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I guess because if I think like um, something like Murder on the Orient Express or um, I'm trying to think what else is um, like a typical Agatha Christie that is a good story and um has lots of nice twists and turns okay here's my argument here's my argument for this and again I'm not saying that I'm admitting I'm not saying that I accept this argument but one hypothesis is this would be the best Agatha Christie to read for a new reader or if you're only going to read one because it has a love story it comes together at the end. It has uh-huh. humorous writing, which a yeah. lot of the Marple, Praros, she doesn't use the humor. This one has right. the humor in it, like in some of the writing, like with the train station scenes. Mm-hmm. Like there's some of the humor where you're like, oh, that was delightful. <laughs> like the irony, <laughs> right. you know, the irony that's written in. Um, it has the twist. It has the like, it fakes you out. And yeah. It almost feels like a double twist because it is a double. It's a total double twist. It's a total. You think as the reader, the twist is trying to get Luke to understand it's Lord Whitfield, right? And that's that's what that to me that's a classic genius murder mystery is to like the double twist because right because if there was one twist, then you think then like you're trying to keep the reader from getting it but like in this case she's trying to lead us down this one path which we totally go down right and we're like it's this and then you're like no it was that ah i didn't even see that coming right right so right. 
and, and I think because I would add because the the love story that actually makes sense and the humor in there, and right, then like, which is oh. like because yeah, because our you know the ones that we love like the Tommy and Tumpets ones that have a lot of humor in them. Um, you're right because this has got some and I, and again Tommy and Tumpets I completely love, but they are not what one thinks of an Agatha Christie. It's not a murder mystery. Right. This one right. has a, is a murder mystery. It's a fucking serial killer murder mm-hmm. mystery. But it also has the humor element and the love element. Like, what else could there... Like, I feel like this this gives us the all the best of what she has. Where it has a little bit of, like, romance, a little bit of humorous writing, and, and an ingenious... Just making the argument. Just making the argument. I could, I could probably argue with myself, but... No, I, I like it. I like it. I, I wouldn't have thought okay. about it before this, this before our just conversation. So, if someone asked you which one Agatha Christie movie should or movie <laughs> book should I read, um, what would you say? Oh gosh, because I've been That's getting a... that question since I've been slowly coming out about this podcast. Boy, that's an interesting question. So I, when I, when one friend asked me, I thought, I, I suggested Tuesday Murder Club, Tuesday Club Murder. Right. Or Cards on the Table, because I kind of like that, those like, um, but then I also, I love the secret adversary. Chimneys. Oh, I didn't ask God. Evans. Oh God, Mr. you Quinn, know, since Dove I witness, That's funny because death comes I've at the end. People, I've told which we haven't gotten about. to. Death comes at the end yet, but I I have told people about this podcast, um, but no one has asked me that question yet. Isn't that interesting? No one has asked me what's the. So what are you going to say when they ask you? So I would like to get permission to come back to this next episode because I... I mean, my my friend didn't ask me if I'm only going to read one, but I'm assuming if she's asking me for a recommendation, like I want to give her the best one so that she's hooked. Right, right. So I'm assuming my question is if I'm only going to read one. Right, right. And and I think, yeah, because of course I always talk about man in the brown suit being one of my favorites because it's good action and exciting and it's stuff. so good but it ne- isn't necessarily representative it's not representative and as you said the love story is just so frustrating <laughs> and, <laughs> and we love sexy choking sexy choking um which yeah if you missed that episode and earlier in this one you're like go sexy back and choking. hear it go back and hear man, man in the brown suit, suit. yeah sexy choking, or, or reread it yourself we didn't that wasn't that we didn't come up with that it's in the book it's in the book um (laughs) but it's also like it's not a very agatha christie book right and it's it's i love knowing that she has that in her but it's not typical of her writing right and when you know which is why i would suggest this book because it has that humorous element that kind of cleverness it's also it, got the but it's small much town, more of a mystery because the, the small, small town, town is not quite a murder in a bottle, but it's almost right because there's like yeah, there's very limited suspects. And I actually was kept thinking that when I reread it, I was like, 
Did we get to everybody? Is there like? Yeah, like and, and, and Luke does say it. He's like because the way that Miss Pinkerton made it seem, it could be it's not going to be the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. It's going to be someone of of certain stature. So that helps him narrow down his list. Right, which. Because, yeah, you kept thinking, like, aren't there more people? But I think it was a fairly small village also. Right, right. But the, some of the victims were of different classes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was only looking at certain classes, which is, again, I never really thought about how the blind spot of, like, dude, why didn't you just suspect the pre- person you were staying with? Right. So, um, Okay, so at uh, our next episode, you're willing to come back to this? I will come back to, like, what is, what's, what's our, okay. you know, what's my, um, the, the first hit is free book. If someone's like, I hooked. might, you know, I'm going to, I'm really, I got the Christie, I've never read one, which one should I read? Yeah, yeah, I'll think okay, about so that. Okay, so we're going to come back to that for you. Okay, but for this book, let's give it a number, Porsche scale time. I'm going to say eight. Okay. I think Amanda's scale is much higher. Oh, yeah. It's a 10. It's a 10. It's a 10 for me. Okay. Okay. Um, just because I just think it has all the elements. Like, I, th- I think it's one of the best murder mysteries. And she drips in real love and yeah, uh, yeah. the humor. And, like, you know, I'm, I'm all here for the humor. Once I found out that she writes some humor, every, every book I'm looking for that. Because I'm like, oh, you can be funny? Funny's hot to me. I love I love funny. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. This one so, is a ten for me. Okay, okay. Well, um, so the next uh, one, and hopefully we'll get back on schedule. We've um, been a little bit off schedule, um, holidays, and then um, my family got ill. Not Snowmicron. We, you had we, snow, cry. You had snow. Yeah, we had snow. We had um, snow at different times, and we had Omicron. And yeah, we're, snow we're just, I like it. I think at all these times, just life, pandemic life yeah. is hard. So we, yeah. we, we make but, episodes when we make them. Yeah. And so the next one we're going to read is, I think, and then we were there were none. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay, good. So as I would said on text message to you my proposal is that our next episode we actually do a bonus bonus non-agatha christie uh surprise one um and i think knowing that the next one is then then there were none it might be a good time for that to take a break because then there were none is like because whoa we got a process right yeah, because you know racism and and it's a dark ass book. It's incredibly dark. It's, it's her, the it's darkest a dark book be, besides the two racist terms that went with the original titles. Right, right. It's <laughs> um, like but, a lot of a lot of a lot of. But it's also like I think it's her darkest book. It's the, yeah. It's it's a lot. It's a it's lot. So dark, um, and bloody and. Yeah. yeah, and racism and bloody and bloody and racism. There's a lot happening. So, um, should we tell them? So yeah. yeah so them. okay. So, so we 
uh, are going to do a bonus Christie-inspired episode of The Man Who Died Twice. So if you haven't read it yet, this is the second in the series from the book. The th- Thursday Murder Club. Thursday Murder Club. Which and is also delightful. Which I could be actually we could do either one. And they're very new. No, we're gonna do one. the man who died twice because you just read it. And I want your fresh in this case, I read it first. So I get to be the Porsche yeah. in this case, because like you're the okay, fair reader. Yeah. So we're gonna do the man who died twice. Um and uh which is a very Agatha Christie inspired modern novel, which right. is amazing. And and it literally came out in twenty twenty one. Right. So so we're going to do that as a bonus episode and a break from oh things before we get to and then we're done because man, I'm going to get so drunk on that episode. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying I don't know how to get through without that. Oh, that says a lot about me. Okay, I'm going to go to a lot of therapy before that episode. <laughs> See, we're going to have to break this down because yeah okay fair all right but in the Um, meantime so if you haven't yet read the man who died twice um read it before read first thursday murder club and then the man who died twice and it's they're both very very good amazing Um, we enjoyed them a lot and it's again old british people but now but now times but now Um, times even like the man who died twice is so uh recent they make the joke that he was such a bad cop he couldn't even catch covid <laughs> they do it is that recent of a book <laughs> it's not recent of a book as opposed oh. to us being like in 1938 right what yeah. was happening hot yeah. paint yeah. yeah and i'm i'm okay man knowing that and then there were none is next i'm glad we have okay you're gonna have to like it's gonna be okay i man you know what? That time, it was, I think it was like literally like the man in the brown suit or another innocuous book that we talked about. But because I was reading ahead, I had just read and then there were none. And so I got super drunk on our episode and was like a wreck because of like spiraling into racism and all the things and darkness. And I was just like, ah, we're kind of episode, which wasn't even about that. <laughs> but because of that, it's like that, who. That's a lot. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be I fine. A, I have a lot of supports. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, we can look this up and kind of talk about it. Um, and of course, maybe do more research than just uh, Wikipedia. Um, and hearing me um, read Wikipedia is among the more boring things. It's almost <laughs> as good as when I give you a significant look. <laughs> she just gave a significant look just so you know she gave one she gave one just now <laughs> i think that might have been obvious even to those people who couldn't see me because i did i said significant look and then i did a dramatic pause i think that people might have been like but I see think she's doing the thing is with pauses is they don't know people don't always know they're dramatic <laughs> <laughs> It's just a lack of audio. (laughs) Is it a dramatic pause? Or did someone just cut off their mic? We don't know. (laughs) Oh, God. 
All right. So our next episode will be a special bonus, The Man Who Died Twice. Right. And right. then we'll get into back into heavy shit after that. Sounds good. Okay. I've been I've been, I've been dreading doing and then there were none since we since I read it and figured out and and thought about oh, it. So I've been like, oh god, and I've been like, actually, I probably anticipating it because I I want to talk about it, but also like not ready for it. So so let's do yeah. the band die twice first. <laughs> okay, okay, we could do that. All right. Um, well, thank you very much, listeners. Thank you for joining us for Praro Pod. Thank you, everybody. And uh, we'll see you on our next episode. Right. Good night. Thank you.